Welcome to Direct-to-Video DVD Extras, a podcast between podcasts where we talk about whatever we want. And we keep forgetting to say this during episodes, but if you like us, leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Thanks. Now, where's the button on this thing? So the play does this a lot where the beginning of the play, um, when Rafiki is singing the beginning of Nantz Igonyama, which is the beginning of the circle of life, all of a sudden the uh, actors playing the animals around, who are like kind of situating themselves around Pride Rock start walking down the aisles of the seats. Oh, that makes so much sense. But that would be so cool to just be in the aisles of the seats and seeing that. And I was... I was like not not this in the center of the aisle. I was actually I was to the left, but I was kind of like at the one third, like a third of the way into the aisle. Mm. These animals were huge. They were massive. Like the the way they did the elephants was amazing. It was like a three person endeavor. One of the the best parts though was that when the elephants were walking down the aisles, there was this one um, little girl. <laughs> Dressed up as an elephant, following behind. Oh, and it was just the cutest thing. And I was just like, "Oh my god, this is like amazing!" What's even happening uh, that anymore? Would, that would kill me. I would be dead. Beginning of the beginning of the musical. It's, it's the be beginning dead. of the musical, and I was already like blown away. Like this is already the best thing I've ever seen. Holy shit! And then it just it just gets better from there. It's so good. It's so good. Simba's death, uh, Mufasa's death, by the way, in the play is like just as effective, if not more so, because of how abstract what is happening is. Right. It would have to be because. Obviously, you're not going to have a stampede across the stage, but you're going to have something. Well, that looks actually, like it. so the way they did it is they set up the canyon. They set up the canyon so that you're the gorge, I should say. Mm-hmm. They set it up so that the way the way the stage is is the sides of the stage are the walls of the gorge, and you're just staring straight down the middle of it. Oh. And the entire time Scar is talking to Simba at the bottom. All the way at the top, you see these shadow puppets of wildebeest grazing along the top. And you know what's going to happen. Here's the thing about that. I think a lot of I think a lot of big budget theater forgets how good shadow puppetry can be in theater. Basically, your most useful tool is lighting. Yeah. And that's the thing is this this the way this play makes use of shadow puppets is enthralling. It is just kind of it's really nice to see it be used. And every character's costume and every animal's costume is made in such a way that even the silhouettes have a striking are striking. Like even without being able to see the the form or the color of the costume, just the silhouette is enough to make you realize like, oh, I know what this animal is. It's amazing. Like, oh, it's just, it's so, and it it's the best, like, this is my month, is watching this musical. It's my whole month. I don't even give a shit about Halloween anymore. Like, I don't, like, I never really cared about the holiday, but, like, to begin with, but, like, who cares? It has, it has, it does nothing for me. That sounds pretty great. Um, as everything I can remember, uh, like, thinking about right now, it's good, man. Really interesting descriptions. I think I've told you about this before. Have I ever told you about the musical um, Tripod versus the Dragon? You definitely have, um, but I don't remember it. Okay, well, it's a it's a comedy musical based on the idea of playing a D and D game. Okay, but the reason I really like it 
is it tells a decent story, but there's four people. Four people make up the cast and crew of this musical. It's very indie, but they get they get most of their points across by using uh, shadow puppetry. Like when they have to introduce a character that's not one of these four people, it's somebody standing in a different posture behind a behind a screen and talking loudly. That's that's a really good. That's good. That's awesome. Yeah, I I just I just. I I love stuff like that. I love little ideas that turn into bigger ideas, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, sort of a minimalist way to tell the story, basically. That's a really good way, too, of, like, kind of maximizing what you can get out of your actors. Which which is one of the things I really appreciate about Hamilton. The dual casting, you mean? Yeah, the dual, the dual casting in Hamilton is used almost artistically in that it does a good job of setting up a, a really solid and visual antithesis between Hamilton's life in the first act and his friends in the first act versus Hamilton's life in the second act with all of his enemies. I would say a good way to describe it is that the casting is definitely like a big part of the art, which is crazy. I'd never thought of something like that before as being... yeah as being an important part but there are talks about a hamilton movie and all i want to know is okay but would everybody be double cast again because i feel like that's the best way to do it i really hope so i think we got a lot of good stuff while you're here let's just I am here. talk a little bit about this one topic i have written down from the notes of john smith about <laughs> governor <laughs> John Ratcliffe, a.k.a. John Sycamore, as he used to be known. You're shitting me. And let me ask you, Andy, what makes a man change his name from Sycamore to Ratcliffe? What? What what happens? I don't know. Nobody knows. History has no idea why he did this. My best guess is that his father was a murderer. It also says that apparently he was taken prisoner at some point in his life man that's just i thought that was that was just minorly crazy but can i can i just say the last name sycamore still kind of an evil last name it's it's a bit of an evil name but there's nothing inherently evil about a sickle there's nothing inherently evil about rats either but you know that's true but they do carry a lot of diseases and the sickle is like a symbol of death isn't it that's a scythe Come on, Andy. No, oh wait, no, a sickle is a symbol of life. Yeah, I think it is. It's the harvest. Because it's for harvest, yeah. Yeah. Well, still, evil sounding as fuck. All right. It it sounds like it sounds like you were doubling back for a second there, though. No, no, I'm not doubling back. It still sounds evil as heck. So what you're so here's the bigger thing is that I didn't know that his first name was John. That tells me that there are three Johns in this second Pocahontas movie. Yeah, and you know what? There was never really a goof about that, which is there really should have been like. Too many Johns. There should have been a song, Too Many Johns. <laughs> where Pocahontas sang Johns. about how one of the Johns in her life was evil, and one of the Johns in her life was a dandy, was a, and one of the Johns in her life was a crazy explorer. Was a adrenaline junkie. Yeah, the real John Smith was basically what John Smith was like at the beginning of Pocahontas. Yeah. Where he was just singing about killing engines and how he was the greatest, and how many places he'd been, and how many people he'd killed. <laughs> God, I don't know. That Those movies are just weird to talk about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which, it's, it is a 
goddamn shame that that movie, that Pocahontas movie, it's it looks so pretty and it's like really hard to watch. Yeah, and one of the reasons Zootopia is a good movie is because it manages to talk about race in a way that I genuinely think isn't going to make me cringe in ten years. Because there are other Disney movies that talk about race, like. Pocahontas and like um what's the name of that movie Andy I, I don't know man which one are you talking about the one with the briar rabbit oh 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 sh- shit song of the south I know what you're talking yeah song of the south I I, I know what you're talking yeah. about yeah that's got a pretty positive message about race that it's still kind of hard to watch now you know because it's the, the message might be positive but it's the delivery is very not good Well, I mean, it is about living in the South in, like, just after slavery ended and all these black people have nothing and all these white people have everything. And that's not great. Yeah, I really like Zootopia. And it is on Netflix right now, and I'm gonna watch it again. Speaking of things that are really good and currently on Netflix, I... What did I do? I did something this morning. Gross. I re-watched The Blair Witch Project this morning. Oh. I was right. That is kind of gross. <laughs> I don't remember why I did. I just really wanted to watch it again, I think. Okay. I have no interest in ever seeing The Blair Witch Project. You're not a horror movie kind of guy? I'm not a horror movie kind of guy. And also I heard that one was kind of boring because there's a lot of waiting around in it. There's a lot of suspense that kind of feels like waiting around. Yeah, it's... The Blair Witch Project is a movie in which nothing happening is the part of the movie that's scary. Which, I know a lot of people who watch it and they don't like it because it's not... There's there's no satisfaction to it. If you don't... If you're not in that moment... Like, if, if there's just a moment where suddenly you're not in the movie anymore... Then you realize you're just sitting in front of a screen waiting for nothing to happen. And that's kind of my problem with suspense stories in general. Yeah, I get you. Also, I just, like, don't like ripping people's faces off and stuff they do in horror movies i'm not into it that's that's one of the okay so that's the thing about the blair witch project it is a movie in which it genuinely doesn't sound like that happens in the blair witch project no but i doubt i'd like it anyway i don't think you would um i love horror movies so here's another way in here's another way how we're different yeah, me, my love for horror movies. Well, I mean, it's like, that's the thing is, I love horror movies. I don't like, I don't like, like, slasher violent movies, you know, like the Freddy vs. Jason stuff. Right, and there is a, there is a definite difference. What do they call that? They call that, uh, gore porn sometimes. Yeah, uh, I just call them slasher fix. It's a play on words. I kind of liked Psycho, sort of that classic horror movie. Psycho, yeah, Psycho's a classic. But I also, I also don't think I'd watch it again. I definitely wouldn't. Because you didn't like it? No, just because I, I don't... I, again, I'm not a... I don't like violence. I don't think there's that much violence in it. Yeah, well, what is in it is definitely too much for me. It's a very specific kind of violence that just... It, if, if, if it gets under my skin enough, I just don't want to watch it again. Would it help if I told you that all the blood is Hershey's syrup? It wouldn't, but... Okay. It's a nice, interesting fact to know. Because all the blood is Hershey's syrup because it's filmed in black and white. Yeah. And it's sort of the right viscosity to work. So... Uh, funnily enough, um, I actually had to shoot a little short student film for a, one of my classes, mm-hmm. which is the worst, but to, I was chosen to be the person to be covered in blood at one point. Okay. 
So I had to lie down on the ground while another person in my group just grabbed a bottle of Hershey's chocolate syrup and just covered me in it. <laughs> okay. Which is the weirdest the weirdest thing to ever happen to me in my life for a school project. This is, so this was in black and white then? Yes, this was in black and white. Okay, um, because the, the, otherwise you definitely got punked. Yeah, here's the worst part, is that they we forgot to take the syrup out of the fridge when we decided to do this. So I'm lying on the ground, it is dark outside, it's getting kind of cold, I'm not wearing a sweater... Because I had a white t-shirt on and they were like, well, the blood would look, it'll pop if you have the white t-shirt. And I'm like, fantastic. So now I'm having a weird chocolate t-shirt contest on the ground with cold chocolate covering my body. And it's awful. We're going to release this bit of the episode when I think we need a little bit of fan service. There's no fan service here. It's It was awful. And somebody at this school has a video on their hard drive of me covered in chocolate in color. Cool. Cool. Person so. at Andy's school. If you're listening, I hope not. Um, I'm tr- I'm still trying to decide if we're going to have an email address at <laughs> direct2.video. If we do, it'll probably be admin at direct2.video. Just send me a, just send me an email. We'll talk. Sorry, keep going. No, that was it. I just it was awful and the worst. I, what I'm saying is, I understand what it must have felt like to have acted in an old black and white horror film. Yeah, but maybe it was warm. They probably warmed it. I feel like that would also be bad. There's just, there's just no pleasing you, is there? If it's too warm, it's weird. If it's too cold, it's weird. It's gonna be weird, Andy. You're covered in chocolate and pretending to be stabbed. Actually, no. I was just dead. I mean, that's fine. But she was pretending to be stabbed. In the shower. That's a good point, yeah. That makes sense. Well, I mean, do you know that there's a remake, a shot-for-shot remake of Psycho? I didn't know it was shot-for-shot. I knew that there was a remake of Psycho. Do you know who's in it? Uh, no. Who's in it? Vince Vaughn. Yikes. Right? What a weird choice. Is he the hero or the bad guy? He's the bad guy. Wow. Okay. Right? That's a lot to get around. I'm trying to find out when this was made. So this was 1998. So this was when Vince Vaughn was still at the height of his kind of being attractive in Hollywood. Like, this was pretty soon after Jurassic, uh, Jurassic, his Jurassic Park movie. Raise your hands if you didn't know that Vince Vaughn was in a Jurassic Park movie. He was in Jurassic Park 2. Okay. I didn't see it. You d- you haven't seen Jurassic Park 2? Nah. Was that the bad one? No, that's the good one. That isn't the first one. The bad one's the third one and Jurassic World, which I didn't like. Right. The third one is the one where a T-Rex ends up in, like, New York, right? No, that's the second one. Then what the... How is that the good one? (laughs) And it's San Francisco. And the second one's still really good, though, and you should watch it. There's only one... Okay, okay. Jurassic Park... It's the Lost World Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. has one bad scene in it. But the thing is, is this scene is so fucking bad that it kind of ruins the whole movie. And it, the scene is that Jeff Goldblum's daughter... You can't see me tilting my head, but it's happening. ...kills a velociraptor with acrobatics. Oh, okay. It's the worst. Like, she has powerful thighs or what? She does, like, uh, she, like, grabs onto a pole and swings around and kicks him through glass and it kills him. He dies. It's terrible. This is the bit that's not gonna make it onto the podcast, guys. Other than that, though, I, like, I still, I highly recommend watching Lost World Jurassic Park. It's really good. 
It's just that one scene is so bad. It's so bad. It's really bad. Is it bad? It's terrible. Okay. Now we know. Have you seen Jurassic World? No. I can't I I knew it was terrible before like I could tell and I was like well I guess I'm not going to see that I went and watched it just because I love Chris Pratt so much and it's it is a waste of his talent yeah that's what I heard basically like he oh except my sister has an amazing ability Uh uh-huh she can go see a movie and she can decide she's gonna like it and then she'll like it that's weird let me list you off the movies that she likes Jurassic World, Transformers 4, Transformers 3, Transformers 2. How, okay, wait, how can, oh, never mind, not worth it. Batman versus Superman. I'm like sh- shaking with rage. I could literally list like any. Can you just list one more so I don't have to think about this other one? I'm getting a headache like as we speak. Gosh, what's a, like, what's a terrible movie that I know she likes? Every, every day that goes by, every day that passes since I watched Batman v Superman. Why don't, why don't you say a terrible movie and I tell you she likes it? Oh, wait, the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the Michael Bay Okay, yeah, okay. So, every day that goes by since I've watched Batman v Superman in the theater, I like, I like accept and move on from another minute of that movie. (laughs) Like, I, I internalize an entire minute of that film, and I move on. That movie is three hours long. It is going to take me an entire year to get over it, but it's happening very slowly. Who's bullshit. So if you want to donate to our Kickstarter to help build a machine that sends Andy a year into the future so that he can finally get over the terrible movie that he saw... Uh, bring me peace. You're going to have to, like, write us a Kickstarter video and tell us exactly how to crowdfund because we're not quite sure so just drop us a line and we'll we'll all figure it out together time travel is hard i i was starting to worry for a while that we didn't have enough bits <laughs> uh i think we uh we got pretty far i just realized i don't know how you want i th- i'm gonna leave this entirely up to you and your artistic um decisions okay that took a long time for that word to come out so I'm sorry. I'm like looking at I'm looking at my math book right in front of me, and I'm like kind of switching between two different parts of my brain really quickly, and it's exhausting. And I I, I stopped drinking coffee because I do that. You just go cold turkey after for a while. Yeah, I, I usually around once once fall hits like temperature wise, I'll usually quit coffee, supplement it, and I'll supplement it with um, hot chocolate so that I still have something to drink that is warm over winter. How cool is it around there right now, by the way? Uh, not that cold, honestly. Um, let me check my weather app. So right now, uh, we're barely, we're barely at 68 degrees. Oh, you're barely at 68 degrees. Yeah, we have a low of 51 and a high of 84 today. Jesus. That's a, that's a big jump. Mm Mm-hmm. That's, that's the desert for you. Can't wait to move there, can you? I super can't. You get, I'm going to tell you right now, there is something cathartic about knowing that when you go to bed, it's going to be below freezing, so you can wrap yourself in as many blankets as you want, but when you wake up, it's going to be a nice 90 degrees, so you can just walk out in shorts and a t-shirt. I'm going to have to get back into shorts. I've, I haven't worn shorts in like 13 years. I have very hairy legs, and it's Same, not, bruh. it's not that I am sensitive about them as much as it is that i am aware i wouldn't want to stare at somebody's hairy legs so i'm like why don't i just keep these under here yeah i'm i'm super sensitive about it and it's like "Mm, no thanks i'm just gonna wear pants all the time 
Yeah, I'm I'm like not. I am so blase about my appearance. Like I'll wear a torn up shirt and it's not like a fashion statement. It's cuz I accidentally grabbed a torn up shirt and it didn't bother me enough to go change. See, I I will change upwards of 3 times in a single day depending on what my schedule is like. Okay, that's a little bit neurotic sounding. It's I have listen, I I like my life to be this is a little neurotic. I like my life to be segmented. So if I'm going if I'm going to school and then I have to go do work later, I need to change into work attire so that my brain knows it's work time. That makes a certain amount of sense. I'm I don't work that way. So it's just how I think. Yeah. Okay. Should do you um do we still want to do then our uh, our outro? You know what? Let's record one outro and then I can put it at the end of all of them. Oh, that's actually really smart and I might do that from now on. Well, I like having our stupid outros in the real thing. That's a good point. <laughs> Just the slow train wreck as yes. it comes to a halt. Thank you for listening to Direct Video VHS title card DVD extras. <laughs> uh, I have been Tony Robusto, and you can find me on Twitter at theaterbats with an er, and you can find the podcast on direct two video. And I've been Andres Reyes, long pause expert, and you can find me at royalty underscore valens. The underscore is important. No, that's that's not bad. Long pause expert. Long pause expert is really good though. I, I'm, I'm, I, I would. That's a good permanent one. Although I just realized that if you cut the pauses out, that joke doesn't make any sense. Don't worry, Andy. I wouldn't worry about that one. <laughs> <laughs> It'll probably be fine. Because in this outro, we don't have to say, next time we're doing this. We can just say, like, bye, and that's it. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a very good point. Well, bye hangs up Google Hangouts. Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) That would have been been a good goof if you actually hung it up. But then you definitely would have called back so we could actually record those outros. (laughs) I mean, don't get me wrong. I could have just recorded the outro on my own and then just sent you the file, like, by the way, I'm never coming back. Good luck. <laughs> Sayonara. So mean. <laughs> um, I, would, I would never do that. So mean. That's what I like about you, Andy. You're not that mean.